It's just my joy to be here this morning at Orchard Hills. It's been many years since I was uh, lastly here with you, uh, with Scott and Caroline, and just all of you, Shalon and Dennis, all of you are friends, and I bring you greetings from Rwanda, especially from the Diocese of Kigali. We love you. So when we receive greetings in Rwanda, we do like this. So receive the greetings, please. Amen, amen. Uh, so um, my message this morning is in John. John, the gospel according to John, chapter 5. Uh, the gospel of John, chapter 5. Uh, chapter 5, it starts from uh, verse 1, maybe to verse... 12. It's an interesting chapter uh, to read through. It was written carefully and analytically. The writer really analyzed it carefully. It is very easy. Anybody can understand it. And the writer did not write it only for people to read, but you can also feel it. It has feelings. So this morning, as I try to explain it, my prayer is that you will feel it as well. Not only reading it, but that these letters will jump through the Bible and you will understand it more clearly. Let me try to read the first verses uh, of, and then see how clearly it is, how carefully it is written down so that me and you can read it and be edified. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem uh, for the feast of the Jews. By the way, I, I forget that I'm not in Rwanda and speak faster. When you are a preacher, you are always eager to preach. And because it, is a, it blesses you, you feel excited. And I forget that most of you are not used to the Rwandan accent. So now I'll slow down one more time. <laughs> but let's read on. Sometime later, Jesus went down up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. I want you to mark that. He's going down to Jerusalem. He's been somewhere, but he's now going to the city in Jerusalem, specifically for a feast that was due to take place there. Verse 2, they begin to explain what was in Jerusalem. They go in details to explain what Jesus found in Jerusalem. And it says, now there in Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, a pool, uh, near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Lamaica is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered um, colonnades or porches or uh, verandas, the way you would want to, to say that word. Here, a great multitude of disabled people used to lie, blind, lame, paralyzed. Oh, I remember I'm using a new international, uh, international version. Verse 5, that is where specifically they begin to explain Jesus is coming from somewhere. He goes to Jerusalem 
and in Jerusalem he found a house and the house was big and had five verandas and on five verandas there were lying some sick people disabled some were lame others were paralyzed in different ways but a verse 5 narrows down to an individual all the time Jesus talks to multitudes but he narrows down to an individual like you and me he narrows down to one individual and I want us to see that individual in verse 5 he says one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years so Jesus focuses on that one person who had been there for good 38 years now Scott says me and him have known each other for a long time and he says it's almost 18 years yeah I think it's almost 18 years and this guy had been there for 38 years it's more 20 years than me and you have known each other what the Bible is trying to say when they say 20, 38 years they are trying to say 38 years is many years it's a long time somebody who is 38 years we think they are mature especially in American standards because in America when somebody is 18 they send you off now in Rwanda before you get married you are not yet old enough to go be independent so things vary but let's see what verse 6 says when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been there in that condition for a long time he asked him do you want to be well hallelujah this is a, a special day for this one individual this one individual had been lying there sick paralyzed for good 38 years now they don't tell us how he came there but the Bible starts by Jesus meeting him what is important for John the writer is not 38 years that have passed but is this one special day that Jesus appears on the scene and when he appears on the scene he's about to change the history of that individual not only that individual but everybody that sees the miracle happening is going to be changed so it's a special day it's been good 38 years when he's lying there but now the day has come so why does he say 38 years why does he bother with years he would do better without saying all the years and just say Jesus met an invalid person but he takes time to explain the years 38 years why two reasons why he's talking about the years <clears throat> one you've been sick for 38 years 38 years when things are not happening it's good time for you to give up and go away how can you wait for an angel to come and start the water for good 38 years and you've never succeeded even for one time so 38 years is good enough for him to give up 
walk away and call it quits. Enough is enough. I, especially if he was an American. My goodness. I, mean, I don't think he would do two days. <laughs> I don't think he would do, do two days. He would say, boy, this is not working. Oh, no, 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 no. And then he would walk away. But this one had been patient for good 38 years. The second reason why he's using days, he puts in the figures. Second reason, 38 years are enough for somebody to be discouraged. You are there, but you are discouraged. You are there, but you are not participating because you gave up the faith. You are just hanging around with whoever goes around. One of the reasons I highly, highly respect Bishop Quigg, highly respect Scott and his wife, Caroline, and all of you, is your power, your ability, we call it staying on power. Every time I've come from Rwanda into Renock, Virginia, I find Scott here. There are so many reasons why Scott would have given up in the last 18 years. Man, there are so many times of drought in this area. And Scott would have given up because of drought. There were so many years of COVID. There were many reasons why he would have run away. There are many years when I came here and Americans tell me, oh boy, stock exchanges are not good. Where in Rwanda we don't really care about stock exchange. <laughs> but those are several reasons why. But for some reason, he stayed. He stayed when he had young children. He stayed when kids were growing up. Now he stayed when his kids are getting married. God wants you and me to stay. Quitting is not many times the solution. Running away often doesn't change things. Many times we run away before things happen. If this guy had run away only in 18 years, he would have never met the son of God. If he had run away in 20 years, he would have never met the Son of God. But he stayed. And I want you to see this one special day. It's a morning maybe like this one. It's a day like this one. And then the Son of God shows up. And the eyes of the invalid and the eyes of the Son of God meet. And Jesus looks at him. I want you to imagine, use your imagination. Imagine you are the invalid and a special morning like this one, the eyes of the Son of God and your own eyes meet together. He saw the eyes of Jesus. They were full of compassion. They were full of mercy. They were not condemning eyes. They were not condemning him. They were not telling him how much of a sinner he is. They were not telling him how much he's brought it. No, the eyes were full of love, full of compassion, full of love. And when the man saw the eyes of Jesus, and Jesus asked him this very important question that he asks you and me, and you and her and him this morning, Jesus asks him, do you want to be well? One question, do you really want to be well? And that question 
is still being asked even today. Jesus still not only asked the invalid, but he asks you and me, do you want to be well? I want you to see the words, the words that the invalid, the disabled guy, see how he answers back. Quickly, let's look at that. It's, it's verse, uh, verse eight, 8, I think. Or oh, is it verse 8? Yeah. Let's see what he says. It's verse 7. Yeah, I think so. It's verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down before me. Do you know, when you've been hit by problems, when you've been there in that situation, for many years, let's not use Saturday 8, but for many years, you've been in a situation for a long time. Issues have been happening and happening again and happening again. Sometimes if you are not careful, they get on your head. And all you do is blame people, blaming individuals. Oh, my mom doesn't do this. Oh, my dad, my husband, my wife. We are busy in the blame game. And this has happened many years. Even the home of Adam and Eve, there was that blame game. Adam says, God, the wife you brought me here is the one who has given me the fruit. And then the wife says, oh, I'm very sorry, God. It's the snake that came around and deceived me. And I'm sure if they had asked the snake, the snake would have said, oh, sorry, it's so and so who told me a lie. It was a blame game. We are still playing the same game even today. We are busy blaming each other. We, nowadays, we have changed the game. We are not only blaming each other, but we are also blaming our government. It's the government. Oh, if the government had done, if the Republicans, if the Democrats, if the, president, if the wife of the president. Friends, we have a God in heaven. When are you going to allow yourself time to look in the eyes of Jesus. If your eyes and the Son of God's eyes can meet together, your situation can change. It can change. It doesn't matter how many years, it can change. For me, it was only one day. My parents were cattle keepers who were not religious people. I was not born in a religious home. And it was a morning like this, and they took me to church. That's the song that they were singing in that church many years ago. I think it should be started eight years ago. <laughs> When I came in the church for the first time, that's the song they were singing. And as they sang the song, I could feel as if somebody's washing away my sins. If somebody had a scrapping blush and all my sins were going away. Oh, you should have the sin. The cattle keeper's son who went into the church and the cattle keeper's son who came out of the church. I entered as the cattle keeper's son. I came out as the son of God. And this can happen to you and to me. 
The only thing, let your eyes see the eyes of Jesus. They are full of mercy, easy to entreat, full of grace. Those are the eyes that are there, still looking for you and me, and the question still remains, do you really want to be well? Quickly, I remember I'm on the American time. Let's look at, let's look at verse 8 and see what Jesus does. Fool, he looks at this man, and the man is busy in the brain game. If, they, if, I had somebody, if I had somebody to push me, all I want is just a push. And Jesus looks at him, and he's so compassionate. He feels moved, and he says, you know what? Pick up your mat. Just walk away. Pick up your bed. And boy, this guy picks up his bed after 38 years, and he walks. And those who last they saw him as an invalid, Seated down, they meet an invalid walking, carrying his bed. And instead of people praising the Lord, saying, Hallelujah, Jesus is good, and singing wonderful songs, do you know what happened? People asked him, Who has healed you? Why are you walking on a Sabbath? Why are you carrying your mat on a Sabbath? There are some people outside there who are ready to pull your legs. The reason is simple. They just don't want you to change. They want you to remain in that situation. And I don't know who they are, but these were religious leaders. They saw this healed guy, and he's walking, and, and they say, who has healed you? Why are you walking on, on Sabbath? You should be remaining where you were. Don't change. Remain in your situation. When you meet the Son of God, you can't remain where you were. How dare how dare the son of a cattle keeper turns a preacher? And now he's a bishop in the house of God. This is a miracle. These things never happen. How can it happen in my lifetime? If Jesus can change me, he can change you. If he can be there for me, he can be there for you. And he is still inviting. His invitation is still open. So they pose the question, and the guy is confused. He doesn't know how to answer. He had not learned the church language. He had not learned the church politics. And he says, well, I, I don't know, but the guy who healed me told me to walk. And so they start to look for the guy. It was another day when he met Jesus. And Jesus said, it's me who healed you. Now go back home, walk every day, Please make sure you sin no more. So it's like when we see Jesus, we don't just have to see him once. We have to see him again. There are some of you who had a relationship with Jesus many years ago, and since then, you are not in a relationship any longer. That's not enough. Jesus did not invite us to meet him once, but he wants us to develop a relationship for a long time. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much this morning. I just, I can't cease thinking about the eyes of Jesus. Looking into my eyes that morning when I went to church for the first time. I'm sure those are the very eyes that saw this invalid.
And when the invalid saw the eyes of Jesus, he was moved to go into the Brem game. And Jesus did not hold him responsible for what his past was. For Jesus never cares about our past, who we are, where we came from, what we did, or what our past is. What he wants is us to pick our mats, to pick our mats, to pick our bed, and just walk away. Free, walk into freedom to live and praise him and worship him. Lord, I pray that whoever listens to me this morning, those who have not had a chance to see you, whose eyes have never met the eyes of the Son of God, I pray they get to see you. And those who saw you once and have forgotten and have been drawn into other things, I pray that they get to see you one more time. Bless somebody this morning, Lord. Touch somebody. Encourage somebody. Change somebody's life this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.